Okay, we are ready to start. Um, if you want, I'll be following a PDF that we've put together regarding today's topic. I'm going to be following that uh, um, PDF uh, file, which it has everything more structured. You are most welcome to, uh, to follow that as well. That's a PDF. Download, watch it. Um, if you are uh, interested in getting the PDF and you're listening on this uh, um, recording maybe in a later time and you're not sure how to get it, let us know. We'll, we'll be happy to share with you. Uh, I'm going to reference to that PDF on my end as well. I'll take questions as we speak. No problem. Feel free. Okay, today's topic is buying real estate at the auction. Okay, and when I say the auction, I really mean live auction um, like sometimes you see in the movies. Uh, thank you, Tal. Good to see you. Hope you're enjoying Rome. Uh, always a pleasure, my friend. Uh, buying at the auction. Okay, let, let's just explain what that means. Buying at the auction, I'm not talking about an online platform, which can be done, which is very similar. You know, sometimes the online uh, platform mimics the real life. In most cases, buying at the auction really means, here we are, buying a, you know, buying a uh, property, um, Buying a property in uh, um, uh, the live auction. The live auction is done, is conducted uh, typically outside the courthouse on the steps, outside, literally outside. Rain or shine, that's what's happening, you know, regardless of what the weather is. Uh, some states do it every Tuesday, first Tuesday, every other week. Um, every state is a little bit different how they go about it. Um, some states do it daily. Sometimes multiple you know, times a, a day. Usually, it means a trustee will come and auction and you know offer the property for auction at the courthouse steps to people who participate. They, it's called crying the property. Why is it called crying? Because the trustee, the auctioneer, needs to um, needs to uh, um, hang on needs to uh, um, needs to. Um, auction the property even if nobody's standing there, right? Even if we have someone, uh, someone who's, uh, um, you know, the, the trustee comes there and has no, no, uh, um, no one there, then he goes and he has to read the property. They go like this. Here's the property. Here's the address. Here's the description, blah, 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 blah. You know, like five minutes, they read through the, the, uh, the, the details, the information, and all of that, and then they start. And the bid starts at five, you know, 67,000. Do I have any bidders? And then people literally stand there and say, um, 58, I uh, know, what is it? 68,000, 69,000, 70, 71. And it can go all the way, who knows? It can go all to, the, you know, in the hundreds, it can go a few thousand up. It can even, you know, I've seen a situation where the, the bid uh, the bid started at fifty thousand and we purchased that a property for fifty one fifty thousand and one dollar that that did happen to us so when that happens it's a real auction when that is done by the end of the auction the end of the one property at the time you know the it's like you see in the movie sometimes the the auctioneer will say you know sixty eight thousand going once. 68,000 going twice, 68,000 going three times. Do I have a, you know, do you have anything? Okay, done. You know, and the, and the property goes to, sir, what is your name? Or what is the entity? And you give him the entity. Okay, let's step over and take care of it. And then literally, 
you go to the side with the auctioneer and you pay him money, right? I'm not kidding. Usually it's done in cashier's checks, but this is not a type of a format that you go and you say, okay, good, I'm the winner. I'll send you the money tomorrow or next week. That doesn't work this way, okay? So be aware of that. You're buying at the auction and you have to pay on the spot. Some states may tell you, okay, you have 24, you need to give us $10,000 now and you have you know, 24 hours to bring the rest. So there is some, you know, some, some adjustment or some uh, um, other ways to go about it. But typically it's cash or cashier's checks on the spot um, and you buy, the, you, know, you buy the property. And by the way, um, when everything is, is done, they sign a, a document that's saying you know, who's the buyer's name, how much they, they paid down to the cent, um, the date, everything. And then they give you a piece of paper. That's it saying, sir, you are the winning uh, uh, bidder. Here's a, a confirmation, a receipt that we, you, got, you paid for the property. And, you know, and then they go to back to the attorney's office. They take over the paperwork. And within, typically within 10 days to two weeks, usually it could even be three weeks, they will put the property to the name that you gave them, your name, entity name. They don't really care about it. Whatever you give is that will, what, what they will uh, use and it's been recorded to your name with the, with the county records and you are the proud owner of that property okay so this is how it works now the problem here's what the you know what the problem is here are the challenges let's talk about the challenges of the auction feel free to ask questions while i speak no problem you guys here are the challenges typically in an auction you know there's always variances and you know in different situations but typically in an auction you cannot do financing. It's all cash. The only way you would do financing if you have some agreement with some private or hard money lender and they'll come in and they'll pay and you owe them and maybe give you a gap. That's between you and them. The auctioneer wants cash on the spot, right? That's usually. Second, typically you cannot have you know, full you know, inspection on the property. So what can you do? You can actually visit the property, do a drive-by, try to go in, maybe peek from the windows. You never really have a full inspection down to the property. So there is some risk there when you go with that. That doesn't mean you, don't, you have, you know, you're, you, you're bidding blindly. It just means an inspector is not going, is not going to go through the property before, uh, before you go to the auction. You may go to the property. Someone on your behalf may go to the property, may be able to go in, maybe not. Um, but get a sense of what's going on. If it, it look, if it appears to be in a horrible shape, bad shape, okay shape, excellent shape, right? And obviously that the more you know, it will influence your maximum bid or maximum allowed bid. Um, if you want to do any title search, title work on the property before you buy it, right? You got to do it on your own before you attend the auction. You can do that. Maybe a title company will help you with that, maybe for a fee, maybe for free, but no title company will give you um, a title insurance for that, right? There are always, you know, they may help you decide if there's anything, but there's no title insurance, there's no guarantee on the title, that's another risk here. So you can run title search, you can use third party to run title search to make sure there are no surprises. Um, make sure you, you either have someone who knows how to do it or you know how to do it yourself, and then you can come to the auction knowing what the situation with the title. If there is a problem with the title, you probably don't want to touch it. If it's a big problem, if it's a small problem, such as maybe there's some um, owed property taxes for $2,500, 
you're not necessarily going to say, oh, I don't want to deal with it. You're just going to say, okay, I need to factor $2,500 into my maximum allowed bid because that's something I'll need, I'll need to pay. So you're just going to factor that in. You're not going to do an appraisal, okay? Well, you can. You can do whatever you want. Anything you want to do, you have to do it before the auction. By the time you attend the auction, right, once you bid, and get a, you know and and the winning bid that's it you own the property if you've done no due diligence or minimal due diligence you just inherited that property or just purchased that property with all the issues that it may may have so be aware of that that's very very important um if you want to do appraisal or some sort of an analysis on the value you can definitely do that again before you come to the auction right remember that's very important um Inventory depends from one market to, a mother, you know, to another. Uh, I can tell you that in the past 10 days, uh, we, uh, our team in Kansas at attended the auction uh, on three different occasions. Um, and so far, no, um, no uh, winning bids. Uh, what happens uh, many times when you attend the auction, um, you actually, let's say, for example, you review 10 properties that could be relevant. And then by the time you go to the auction the next day, literally, you, you evaluate on a Monday and you go on a Tuesday uh, or Tuesday and go on Wednesday. And then by the time you get to the auction, three of those properties are being canceled. Three of those properties, the someone else, the, the lender has already pre-bidded them for a, a very high amount and much more than what you're willing to pay for it. So it's no longer relevant. Uh, so we're done to what? Uh, four more properties. And then out of the other fours, maybe you get outbidded or who knows, or maybe you, you've done some additional due diligence and two of them not relevant. So very quickly, you see, even when you have a start with a list that could be relevant, it comes, to, comes down to one or two that maybe you'll be able to buy if you're successful um, and not get outbid. So that's, that's the challenge right there. But the auction is the, it's probably the lowest price point you can, you, you can acquire a property, okay? The conditions of, you know, the less you know, the higher the risk, the lower the price point is. So that means there's probably no other way or better way to buy um, uh, properties or a cheaper way than at the auction. Now, the auction is typically step number one in the foreclosure process. Foreclosure is not a property. Foreclosure is a process. It has multiple steps. Right. Step number one is when someone is in default and they get notices from the bank and they have to they have time by law, maybe 90 days or maybe changes from state to state to reinstate the loan or pay back what they do before it goes into start a foreclosure process. So foreclosure is a start, um, you know, with, with a default. If they don't pay, then they, uh, the property will start the foreclosure process. Uh, some notification, some you know, it varies from state to you know, from state to state. Some processes, some steps. There's law. You can't just possess a property because you you want to. A bank. You know, there's process and, and, and things in the actions and steps that need to be taken. And one of those four steps before the bank possesses the property back, it has to go to a public auction. Right? Again, remember, you know, there could always there always could be some variances or differences from one state to another or certain situation. So typically it will go to the auction. This is what we're talking about, right? So when you're coming to the auction, the trustee, the lender trustee is auctioning the property um, to the public and everybody bids, someone gets it, someone not. There's a starting bid 
and then it all depends what the value um, a certain bidder has on that property is what they enable them to uh, to decide uh, to to bid. Um, we go, we take the you know the properties. We, we did that exercise uh, Wednesday evening. We took 13 properties. We analyzed them. We reviewed them. We decided the maximum bid. We estimated the renovation. We don't know exactly how much the renovation is going to cost, but we're doing some some cautious. We're taking some other expenses that we have. We put it all together, and then we say, fine. Here's what the, the numbers looks like. Here's how much we can sell it for. Estimated renovation. We're being a little bit cautious. We don't know 100%. You know, if that's how much it will cost. It could be less. It could be a little bit more based on experience. We go, you know, the team goes through the properties, trying to gather as much information on those properties as possible in terms of walking in if can, if they're occupied, if they're, uh, um, you know, if they, if they appear to be in a good shape or poor shape to make those decisions. One of the properties out of the 13, when, when we did the drive-by, we could, you know, the, 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 the broker saw that the property in a really poor shape. We decided not even to bid on it. Another property, we saw there were some problems with the, uh, with, the, with the title. We took it off the list. Too many problems with the title, took it off the list. Um, maybe uh, six other properties, the numbers didn't work. We were left with four properties that we wanted to target. Uh, which we did, but we didn't win because we got outbidded. So that's uh, definitely something uh, uh, to know. But the benefit of going to the auction is buying it at a very, you know, in a very low price point, very cheaply. So that means uh, a potential for profit, whatever you want to put it, whether you want to put it as a rental or, or do a flip. Either one will, will most likely give you uh, a great opportunity because the properties are uh, very cheap. So remember the buying at the auction. In, for my experience, and maybe I should I should have said that when I started in not so when I started flipping properties seven years ago, uh, most of the properties we purchased were at the live auction uh, in Dallas and um, the in Dallas and um, in, uh, in Atlanta. We probably have done thirty to forty properties that were purchased through the auction. Uh, until the numbers, you know, the bidding war started to be crazy and we just, it didn't, it just didn't make any more sense to do so. Uh, so that was the start. For me, I can tell you it's the trickiest place to buy. And if you don't have proper system processes, people in place that know what they do, don't even attempt to do that, right? Because you will get into trouble, in my experience. Um, when you have people who know what they're doing in terms of how to evaluate, you know, what's going on, analyze, review, then there's a very good chance for success. We have never had major issues um, uh, with any of the properties that uh, that we bought through the auction uh, because we were careful. We never overbid. It always went with very a lot of discipline. The broker we work with in Kansas done about a thousand properties through the auction, you know, and has never had a problem with uh, uh, with title. We, he said, you know, he's just staying away from those issues. I have had, and also he have had, in my career, a situation where an auction was reversed. Uh, usually it happens within a few days. That could happen due to a, a bankruptcy uh, court reversing the auction, same day, next day. Um, and it's a very rare occasion. It can happen. In that case, we just got our money back. So that was annoying, but we didn't lose anything. We got our money back. So that was uh, uh, definitely something that can happen. Um, and of course, once we bid and win, the property is ours. It's the same day. We get insurance. We go to the property. 
Um, we do a further investigation on what's going on. If the property is occupied, in most cases, we will have to do either an eviction or maybe help them move out. Remember, many times those are homeowners that uh, uh, would just got uh, uh, lost their home for lack of payments. They, they got defaulted and we want to be respectful and help them move on. We may offer them a few hundred dollars to move on. We may have to file for eviction. Every state is a little bit different about how they go about it, but we're not necessarily stuck because we now we have a, a, you know, a, a, an occupant in the property that cannot move out. You know, there are always things that can happen, but in, the most, in most cases, people either get evicted or we help them move out. Actually pay them a few bucks, uh, a few hundred dollars to help them move. <clears throat> you know, it's not an easy situation. We want to be okay. If we're okay with them, they will probably... Uh, <clears throat> sorry, uh, they will move out without causing any damages to the property. <clears throat> Tal is asking, how do we know the foundation are okay? Well, the simple answer is we walk through the, the property, around the property, the perimeters, and we look. We look for visual signs of foundation issues. Usually that's how it works. Now, if the property has a 1% or maybe more than 1% uh, a grade or, or slope, which is nothing, then we're not going to be able to see it. So this is a risk we're taking here, uh, but visual inspection usually tells you what's going on. Cracks, big cracks, big gaps, all of those things, you know, they're visual. We make sure, you know, that the broker not just uh, um, drive by, he actually walks around the property. He's really trying to look for the damages, the issues, the problem, so we know what we're either adjusting the, uh, the bid um, or walking away if we think it's too much. Um, let's see, I'm going through my, you know, the presentation here, the PDFC that I have everything. Is all of them are as is? Absolutely. You know what? Great question here. Many U.S. contracts um, in, the, in, the, in the States show that every property you buy is as is. It's a typical terminology uh, to see in uh, um, in in, in uh, real estate contracts, from my experience, even when someone tells you this house is as is, you know you've done an inspection. You went back to the seller. You said lower the price. I'm talking about regular transaction, not auction. Lower the price. Um, fix that. You know, even when he says as is, you're still going back and telling the seller, hey, I want to resolve some problems that came from visual inspection, actual inspection, and many times the seller will work with you on that. Um, at the auction, you're not dealing with the seller. The seller is technically uh, not the owner, but the trustee of the mortgage bank. So it's not even the mortgage bank you're dealing with, it's their trustee. Uh, they have no idea, they know nothing about the property. If you come to them and start asking the question about uh, about the property, about the, you know, the, uh, um, uh, but the condition, about anything, they will just tell you, sir, we know nothing, leave us alone, we can't advise you, we won't advise you, we won't help you. These guys are just there to do one thing, and one thing alone, and that auction the property, okay? Auction the property. Um, now, um, some of the, uh, let's see if they have any more questions, good questions. So, near, this is the only place that I really know when you buy the property, it is really, really as is. 
You own it. The next day, you know, you pay for it. This is yours. If you didn't do your due diligence and you uh, uh, properly, or you do, you you're not willing to accept the risk that comes with it, right? Um, then your this is yours. There's nothing you can do about it. Let me tell you a uh, um, few uh, stories that I have had from the auction. Um, one time, one time, we had an owner in Texas that hired the company to actually fight us um, and they were able to um, stay in the property for one year until we were able to uh, evict them. So it took one year. It only happened once. It's never happened again. Um, so that's definitely a risk. By the way, during that time, we paid for insurance and we paid for uh, property taxes and that's it. So it wasn't horrible. And... You know, the market kept going up. They moved out after one year. We cleaned it, we fixed it, and we sold it for a profit. So that wasn't a bad deal at all. It was just annoying the amount of time and pressure and energy that we had to put into it. But that happened one out of about 40 properties. Um, another property, when we analyzed it, it chose to have 1,900, don't, you know, I don't remember exactly the numbers, 1,900 square feet, you know, in the public records. And eventually we found out that the... Um, the actual property was like 1,400 square feet. So there was a 400-ish square feet that on record was recorded one way and was actually less in, you know, in reality. Uh, that had to adjust our, uh, um, our numbers, obviously, and we ended up selling it only for a $10,000 profit within three months or two months even, and not the 25, 30 we were helping for. Okay, no complaints. You know, that definitely happened. Um, I had a tenant, uh, sorry, a, a person, I can't remember if she was a tenant or the owner. Um, she occupied the property. We got it. Um, the property was looked, we couldn't walk in. That was in Atlanta. We couldn't walk into the property um, and see what's going on from the outside. It really appeared to be nice looking, well-maintained property. Um, the problem was, one, she put up a fight when we evicted her, so it cost us a few hundred dollars more than we originally planned, not a big deal, and took maybe another month or so than we originally planned. Again, not a big deal, but it causes those delays. Um, and we also, um, um, when we you know, got in, the house was inside, she was a hoarder. So the house was in really uh, disarray and mess and junk, and, and we ended up spending probably instead of $20,000 on renovating it as we originally planned, $30,000. But guess what? We still made money, right? It was still a good deal. Uh, we still made money. It just, you know, uh, less uh, profit, uh, you know, we made less profit. Those are the type of the risk that we had. Now, let me tell you uh, some of the good stories and have better, you know, good stories, uh, more good stories than bad stories. Um, First property that we bought, my first auction property in Atlanta, we get it for $36,000. This is 2012 probably. Um, my team goes to, from the auction, they go to the property. The property is occupied, right? The lady opens the door, says, you know, I'm, I'm not the owner. My, my, my uh, uh, significant other, uh, uh, that was his property. Unfortunately, he died. Uh, I wasn't able to quickly enough, you know, get my, you know, my act together. Uh, but this is my house. 
and I have a job, I'm qualified already for mortgage and I want to buy it. My team said, no problem. We are not going to walk in. We're not going to do anything. We're not going to deal with you even. Here is an agent. You know, you know, if you need an agent, if you have an agent, have this, you know, here's our card. If you have an agent, have your agent contact us. Here's an agent who's not connected to us. We, we want to do a nice, good, clean deal with you. Have any agent you, of, your, of your choosing contact us. We will love, we represent the owner. We would love to do a deal with you. And they walked away. We obviously paid only for insurance. One month to the date, one month to the date, we got this house sold and we made, uh, that was my best deal ever. Uh, we made, um, we purchased it for 36000 uh, and change uh, for insurance and we sold it for uh, 89000 exactly 30 days later. No complaints, right? Um, but that had happened as well. Um, another, um, another house that I, can, I remember was just gorgeous. We bought a house again back in Dallas, um, outside of Dallas in McKinney. Um, gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous community. A, a house from 2009 or so. We are, I'm talking about 2012 probably. So three feet of the house. Gorgeous house, gorgeous layout, brand new in a gorgeous community, right? Um, on a golf course, right? In a golf course community. And this house sits on the golf course. Amazing. Really a spectacular house. I, you know, I, I remember the street to this day. It was so, it was so beautiful. Golden Bear. You know, it was Golden Bear in Kinney. Um, and... We just cleaned it, put it back on the market, and sold it within two months. I think we closed uh, for a very nice profit. We had multiple properties that we didn't do any renovation. Uh, we just got in, cleaned, maybe touch-ups, put it back on the market quickly, and sold within two, three, four months, multiple times. So I have many of those stories of, you know, 2012, 13, 11, 12, 13, it was easy to find those properties over the years. It's got to be too crowded, less inventory, more competition, and those stories of the easy flip were no longer uh, available. Still, you know, every once in a while, but not, not as much. Uh, so I don't want to make it sound like it's all no problem, no issues. I wish we could buy easy properties every day and just flip them without any effort. That, that just doesn't exist anymore. All right, Nir, you're asking, are they usually rented? Uh, for the most part, they're vacant. And uh, or someone who's about to leave because the occupant, uh, usually homeowner, not a not a tenant, uh, not a renter, um, know what's going on. So in most cases, the occupant, which is the owner, already leaves by the time the auction uh, is over. Uh, so usually not. Sometimes someone is still there, and like I said, we're gonna try and help them move out. Um, if the properties are abandoned and you have squatters. Is the seller responsible to sell you the house when it's empty? I don't understand the, the question. Is the seller responsible to sell you the house when it's empty? Listen, near. let's keep it simple. No seller, right? The seller is a third party, has no idea what's going on with the property. No idea whatsoever. They take zero responsibility. There is no repercussions to the seller. You buy at the auction. You gotta, uh, um, uh, you gotta make your due diligence. Everything you need to know in order to make it a bid, you got to do it before the auction. At the auction, they have zero responsibility. Okay, so everything we need, you need to do in order to uh, to buy the auction is is up to you. If you do no uh, due diligence on the house, 
and you still buy it, and you end up with uh, a, a, a someone who someone who who uh, occupies it, you need to deal with it. If you have a problem with the uh, foundation, you need to deal with it, right? This is your house now. So the seller has zero responsibility. Zero. As is. Truly, truly as is. Yeah. It may be empty. It may be vacant. It may not. It may be occupied by a tenant. It may be occupied by a homeowner. Uh, statistically, most of the time, it's empty, right? And when it's not empty, usually it's a, it's a owner who lost their home and not an, a, a renter. But that definitely could happen. Every property is different. Okay, so hopefully that makes sense. Um, um, it, it could come in in, in different uh, shape, uh, shape and you know and um, uh, and colors. But you gotta remember that even if it's occupied, we deal with it. We help them move out. Or we uh, help them, uh, um, you know, or evict them. So it's not the end of the world. It's just have to deal with it. It may slow things down, but we have to deal with it. Okay. Um, good. Let's see. What else uh, did I want to cover? Um, now, let me tell you a little bit how we go about the process now that we came back to the auction in Kansas City. So the team on the ground does all the legwork. Reviewing lists, reviewing properties, Prepping, analyzing, after repair value, estimating, so we know which ones we would be interested, checking title, doing drive-bys, right? So that's what the team does. Now, if you want to purchase, you know, you know, it, by the way, it could be a purchase with a clear purpose to rent or purchase with a clear purpose to flip. If you want to do that with us, here's how it's going to work. You're going to let us know, Danny, I'm in. And I have, here's my maximum available funds right everything I need to know everything per you know that you have we're gonna use that and say okay let's say you have a hundred and fifty thousand dollars available we would know that we would need about uh, we can't bid on anything more than about a hundred and ten uh, you know for this property because we have to leave some room for um, renovation fees to the brokers other, you know, small fees that we have to the local team, uh, some uh, overhead expenses. So we don't want to use the entire budget. Here, this is what we're going to keep in, keep in mind. So let's just say 110 is our maximum bid allowed. So even if a property numbers wise, we can actually bid for 120, which this is exactly what happened yet today, earlier today and yesterday. Even if we had to, uh, if the, even if the property, the numbers made sense. Uh, to go up to 120,000 offer price or bidding price, we still told the broker we can't go beyond above 110 because that's what we have available, right? It's not that we don't want to; that it is what it is. And you tell us this is the this is my total budget, and we have to out of that cut out the majority for the purchase. Then you're gonna send us a non-refundable $3,000, it's my commitment money. Now, when I say non-refundable, I don't mean non-refundable in the fact that we keep it. If you decide not to continue buying at the auction, we will get it back. The reason we take it is this. See, when you bid on a property, meaning when you tell us and the broker in Kansas bids on a property, it usually happens around you know, 10.30, 10, 10.30, 11 a.m. their time, right? Our broker, because it's such a big you know, auction person does a lot of transaction has about four or five hours to come up with the money okay so they tell him he has a preferred 
vendor or preferred bidder uh, uh, um, uh, standing. So that means they tell him, listen, go get your money from the bank, right? And come back in a few hours and pay us, okay? Or, or wire it to our offices. So the broker goes to the auction and, you know, exactly like he did yesterday and today, bids, wins. Let's just say it's 1030, calls me up or texts me, Danny, we got this property. This is the bidding number, uh, the, the, bidding, the winning bidding number. Then I go to the investor that we have on our list, who investors, um, the first one, and say, hey, let's say near it's you, near, we got this property for 93000 I need you to wire 93000 to this wire that's the trustee now, not tomorrow, not later, now, okay? Now, if you're on that list and we already have 3000 of your money and you are not doing that and we keep, I'm trying, I'm, so I don't mean to be tough or anything, but this is how the rules of the, you know, rules of this uh, uh, auction works and you're saying, Danny, you know what? I don't want this property. It's okay, no problem, but you lose your, your $3,000 because now, now we have to pay someone and make sure the broker doesn't lose his you know, preferred uh, uh, um, uh, bidder uh, um, you know, uh, standing and we need to maybe find someone else and it starts to be in a mess. So if you're not ready to do it, don't do it. If you are, right, you need to know that we don't know exactly which property we're going to take. We do all the due diligence. You don't even know exactly. We don't know exactly because there are multiple properties that we're considering. Maybe one would be canceled. One would be outbidded. We have our discipline framework, which ones and how much we the maximum bid. By the way, just because we have a maximum bid doesn't mean we're going to you know, offer the maximum. If we can get it for less than maximum bid, all the better, right? Um, and then we submit. The broker needs to know that when he submits an, a bid, not submit, says, uh, uh, makes a bid and gets it. He has few hours um, to a uh, few hours to uh, to come back with the funds, uh, which we do. That's why he lets me know. I let you know. We wire. We're good to go. Okay. And your three thousand dollars is already going to apply to the rest of the cost that we have. It's not that we're going to keep it for uh, for ourselves. If you come back, if you if you work with us today, and you say, you know what, let's do it, and I want to be, um, I want to. Um, um, you know, uh, be involved and then for a week you're in and we hold your $3,000 and nothing comes up and then a week later you say, Danny, I'm out. I have to do something else with my money. Here's your $3,000 back, you know, and you're off the list, right? So in order to be on the list, we need that commitment or serious money uh, from you because once we get a property, there's no delaying and waiting and analyzing and deciding and maybe yes and doesn't exist here. Either you're in or you're out. And then you're in, you're, 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 the fact you're in, the $3,000 sending the money, then you're, that will be non-reasonable and, and, and you go to the bottom of the list. So that means we're not going to work with you again because we can't afford. It's all about connections, relationship, standing. Remember this. It may sound harsh, but this is how, here is how the alternative looks like. Most auctions, you got to pay Right after the bid is, you know, uh, you know, the auction is completed, right? If we made a bid for $68,000 and you are the winning bidder or our broker is the winning bidder, usually they have to shell out cashier's checks and pay on the spot. I can tell you the way we used to do it back in 2011, 12, 13, etc. when we bought it, the auction, I would send 
cashier's checks to people, my people on the ground, so they can actually win and pay, right? So the fact that we have few hours to wire the money and we don't have to, uh, um, you know, we don't have to uh, 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 send in advance cashier checks to someone, you know, that you don't know, you don't trust, it's a huge difference. The biggest challenge always been with the auction is how do we get the money to the broker without being afraid to send. I had, you know, I can tell you in Dallas and Georgia and in Atlanta, when I bought at the auction, there were times that I would send over anywhere from 500,000 to a million dollar in cashier checks. And the team that I trusted would send it back to me once the auction is over and they didn't purchase anything. If they purchase, they pay and send me the rest. And I remember it was always, you know, kind of like a joke. There's a million dollar or $500,000 flying to Dallas and coming back, flying to Georgia and coming back. It was a hustle. It was trouble. It was concerning. It's cashier checks. They're up in the air. What a nightmare. The fact that we have here an opportunity to not send cashier checks and actually have ability to do a wire within a few hours for you. I hope you don't think it sounds like harsh and tough and hard. The alternative is much worse. So this is a much, much better uh, way to go about it. So just want to make sure you understand. Those are the rules of engagement. We need, we need to make sure we, uh, uh, we make everybody happy. The broker is always very concerned of, um, of uh, someone who bids and doesn't send the money. That reflects badly on him and may even uh, make him lose his preferred status uh, kind of as a preferred bidder. Um, let's see if there are any additional questions. I'm going to, um, um, you know, uh, I'm just going to say uh, in terms of ownership uh, on the property, in terms of ownership, we will let the broker know how you, if you are the, you know, who are the investors doing this, um, want to take ownership to the property. It can be a land trust, your name, LLC. Uh, it doesn't matter. We just want to make sure as soon as the auction is completed, we tell the auctioneer, okay, who's the buyer's name? And we give him, a, let's say, uh, um, beautiful day LLC, done. And that's what they write. So we just have to make sure um, that's what we do. So you, either you tell us what kind of entity you have or how you want to buy it, and we will help you or we will discuss and help you to make a decision. If you're planning on refinancing it, you probably want to take it under your name. And once everything is done, refi that as well. Um, Good. So that's everything I had to cover on the buying at the auction. Um, a bit exciting, but also a lot of details, a lot of steps. Uh, the PDF that we have explains it in more outlined way. Also shows an example of a property. Also shows uh, different fees that are involved. So you can, you're most welcome to look at it so you know uh, what to expect. If you have specific questions, by all means, uh, ask them now. If you don't have specific questions, but want to kind of, you know, get started with this, not a problem at all. Let us know. We'll be happy. Remember, we, the first thing we would need from you is a $3,000 commitment. As long as you, as you are in the, you know, uh, uh, interested in this opportunity. If you're doing it on your own, please be careful, right? It's a very tricky uh, method of buying properties. So I think it's the trickiest of them all. So I just want you to be very, very careful uh, when doing it. It's not impossible. It's just tons of moving parts and remember when you buy it it's yours that's it there's no reverse 
All right, there's no turning back. There's no, uh, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. Doesn't exist. You already paid. Remember, you already paid. That's it. While I'm waiting for questions, I just want to say, uh, again, next week we have a webinar. Webinar, not a live Facebook session. Um, I think it's on Tuesday. And it's going to be at um, 11 a.m. Pacific time, 9 p.m. Uh, Tel Aviv time. This is a webinar in Hebrew for Hebrew speakers. So you're most welcome to register. Uh, it doesn't cost you anything. It's a different format or different platform, not here. We're going to talk about the basics of real, you know, U.S. real estate investing, the steps, the processes, um, you know, questions, differences, mortgages, challenges, everything. That's coming up uh, uh, exactly on the coming Tuesday. You do need to register in the link. If I didn't put it, I'll put it again uh, now. Also, we have another webinar the week after. You can register. I think it's also um, a free one where we're actually going to talk about the things you need to know and ways to help you be successful with investing. So it's not a, a webinar about rentals or flips or auctions. Not at all. This is more about how, do you, how should you conduct yourself and your affairs when it comes to investing to help you... Uh, to help you uh, um, succeed with investing based on only 15 years of doing this uh, myself and only being involved in the process of buying uh, probably a bit over 3,500 3, rental properties and about 100 flips. So I've done, uh, I've, you know, I'm working with many investors. So, you know, gained uh, based on a lot of experience and knowledge I've gained over the years and seen what works and what doesn't work and uh, what people do and how they uh, conduct themselves leading to not being successful and leading to being successful. Um, other than that, the next session um, the next session is uh, happening on uh, a week from today, Friday. We're going to have another session, live Facebook, the, another topic this time. And lastly, I just want to say this. We decided to give, for those who participate in our live webinars, uh, sorry, live uh, Facebook event, two things for free. Two things for free. One, if you want to get our rental uh, property Excel sheet, uh, the basic version that we use, and you want to get it for free, I think we sell it online uh, for $17 and a half. I you have to email us. And we will uh, um, send you the uh, link to download it, so you can we can do that. And the second thing, if you want to sign up to meet me in you know one on one Skype phone in person, we usually charge three hundred seventy five dollars for uh, for a consultation fee. I'm going to do it free. You just have to let us know, and we do up a, we sign we do a, um, a strategy session. What we call a strategy session is actually for you and me. Have a chat, not a sales pitch, not a sales, you know, anything like that. What are you trying to accomplish? What are your concerns? What are your challenges? What's holding you back? Ask me all the questions that you have, like tons of questions. Usually that I spoke, um, I spoke over an hour with a new couple yesterday and they were so concerned on so many things. We tried to clear everything so they know what's going on. Um, and the whole purpose of that session is to see if we can help you invest. And if it's also a good fit, right, for what you're trying to do and what we offer, that's it. I'm not going to offer you to join a boot camp or buy a product or anything like that. This is, we call it strategy, strategy session. 
we charge for it we're going to offer free you just have to let us know uh you can email us for either one of those things either um the either the uh excel if you want to receive it or the study session i just placed our email meet at simplydoit.net m-e-e-t at simplydoit.net kenny my assistant will receive this email and will help you uh do one or the other thank you very much for your time for spending your friday with me happy summer i think most of us the kids are on vacation have a great 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 weekend um, and I hope to actually speak with you in person or more intimate very soon and see you actually not just here talking about it, but actually taking action. I'm an investor. I do it for the sake of uh, financial prosperity on my own sake. I do it to help others to do accomplish exactly the same. This is about execution and not just education. So if you're here and you're just listening and learning, which is great. I got, a, I got a little word of, uh, uh, um, of advice, pull the trigger too, right? Education is worthless if we don't apply it towards something. So uh, just something for you to keep in mind. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Hope to see you soon. Hope to talk to you soon. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye.